Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Key to a supernatural turnaround in the life of any individual, apart from the key of service, apart from the key of a refresh encounter, is the key of a kingdom commitment. The book of Ruth is a story of an individual who committed to a strange God, the God of Israel, when she was a Moabite. The book started with a family called Elimelech. Elimelech and his wife Naomi, they had two sons. The couples had two sons, Mahon and Chilon. The family lived in Bethlehem, Judah. Things were a little bit tight in that particular place, and then they decided to migrate. They decided to go to Moab. And when they got to Moab, the Bible says that the boys got married. In the presence of time, the father of the house died. Then the two sons died. And then all of a sudden, the situation in Bethlehem, Judah had changed. Bethlehem, Judah now become a prosperous place. Naomi got the news and she wanted to go back. And let's pick up the story from verse number 12 of Ruth chapter 1. Ruth chapter 1, reading from verse number 12. The Bible says, turn back, my daughters, go, for I am too old to have a husband. In other words, don't stay with me. You were married to my sons. They are dead now. I am too old to have new sons. Even if I have a son today, you can't wait for them. You are wasting your life. He said, go, for I am too old to have a husband. And if I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband tonight and should bear sons, would you wait for them? Would you wait till they were grown? Would you restrain yourself from having husbands? No, I wouldn't do that to you. I wouldn't even ask you to do that because that is not fair. No, my daughters, for it grieves me very much for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Then they lifted up their voices and they wept again. And Orpha kissed her mother-in-law. But Ruth said no. She clung to her. And she said, look at your sister-in-law. Has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return. You don't have any hope with me. There's no future if you remain here. There's no point making this journey with me. There's nothing for you with me. I'm done. But Ruth said no. Entreat me not to leave you. In other words, don't tell me to go back. Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God shall be my God. That is, I have made up my mind. I know there is no hope. I know there is no future. I know you are not going to give out to another son, but I'm willing to stay with you. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more so, if anything but death separate you and me. In other words, I am committed to you for life. There's no point you are not getting rid of me. When she saw that she was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. Now I want you to look at verse 16 and 17 of, of that chapter 1. The Bible said, but Ruth said, entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from falling after you. Forever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. Your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also, if anything but death, but you and me. In other words, I have made this commitment. I have made a commitment and I'm not going back. Here is a woman who has lost her husband. A woman with, with an opportunity to break free. She had a good excuse to leave the woman. 
This was an opportunity for her to have a fresh start. Given that opportunity to move on with her life, what did she do? She decided to remain in a hopeless situation. She decided to remain with a woman that cannot give back, that is past age. A woman that cannot produce anymore. And the question is, why will a woman who is fruitful, a woman with an opportunity to start afraid, a woman with an opportunity to be able to abandon her past and move forward, why will she take that kind of action and commit herself to somebody who cannot help her? Why? Let me suggest you one thing. One of the reasons is because she had what is called a heartfelt commitment. You see, well, where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried. In other words, I am committed to you for life. I'm not following you because of what I want. I'm not following you because of what you're going to give to me. I'm following you because I made a commitment to work with you. A heartfelt commitment. She was committed to the marriage vows. She was committed to her adopted family. She was committed to her adopted nation. And you all know the story. This woman eventually followed Naomi back into Bethlehem, Judah, got married to Boaz, and became the ancestor of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, brothers and sisters, the supernatural turnaround that we are all looking for in our lives requires a heartfelt commitment to the Almighty God. The point I'm making is that if you want to really enjoy working with God, you need a divine commitment. You cannot do it halfway. If you are doing one leg in and one leg out, it is not to your benefit. And this is what we see in the life of this woman. She made a commitment. She was not making a commitment because of what she was going to get, but because she has made a vow, a marriage vow that brought her into a new family and she was committed to that family. And this heartfelt commitment is not something that she did in a hurry. She did it as a conscious decision. She knew exactly what she was doing. Because she said, where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your God will be my God. She had thought about it. So it was a conscious decision. She said, entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following you. Don't, please, don't try to dissuade me. Don't try to change my mind. So her heartfelt commitment was a result of a conscious decision. Number two, it was a result of a willful determination. Wherever you go, I will go. If you say you want to follow the Almighty God, you have to make up your mind. It has to be the result of a conscious decision. It has to be the result of a willful determination. And number three, it has to be as a result that you have counted the cost and you have accepted it. Because following the Lord is going to cost you something. I've joked about it several times here. I say, any faith that you do that does not cost you anything, my brothers and sisters, that faith is not taking you anywhere. This woman counted the cost and she accepted the cost that there's a possibility I will never be married. There's a possibility I'm never going to see my family again. And I accept that condition and I'm making a commitment to you. I'm saying, wherever you die, that is where I am going to die. The only thing that is going to separate the two of us is death. That is a commitment that you make when you have accepted the costs of that particular commitment. And please notice that Ruth's commitment to Naomi came when she did not even need to make that commitment. She didn't need to. Because she was already free. The husband was already there. Number two, she made that commitment when she was not under any form of obligation. The man was dead and she was free. Even according to the Old Testament law, once the husband is dead, you are free. So there was no obligation. There was no need for the commitment. Number three, Ruth made that commitment to Naomi when there was no incentive. It was not because Naomi was going back to her house. There was a million shekels sitting down somewhere in front of the Jordan River where they can sit down there and see Peter Colada. There was no incentive. The woman didn't even know where she was going. <laughs> they were as broke as broke can be. So there was no physical incentive. 
for Ruth to continue to follow Naomi. But she did. Number four, Ruth's commitment to Naomi came when, when Ruth had the opportunity for fresh start. She could have said, well, I don't want to look like I'm ungrateful to this old woman. The sons have died. The husband too have died. Let me stay with her and pity her. It was an opportunity for a fresh start. She didn't have to be committed. She was not obligated to be committed. There was no incentive for her to remain committed. And But she had an opportunity for a fresh start. And yet, she still made that commitment. Ruth committed herself anyway. They decided to stay with Naomi. And the question is why? Why will Ruth remain with Naomi even when there was nothing to indicate that she will benefit from it? Let me suggest to you that Ruth stayed with Naomi because number one, she understood the meaning of the word commitment. She understood the word commitment. The Bible says, your people shall be my people. Ruth understood that in the Jewish culture, once you get married, you are now a member of that family. And when your family is going through a difficult situation, you don't abandon them. Ruth understood this. That was why she stayed with Naomi. She was not ready to abandon her family. That was the reason why she stayed. Number two, Ruth made the commitment because she understood the power of commitment. She understood the power of commitment. He said, entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following you. She knew there was a power that you assess when you are committed to an individual. She understood the commitment takes you to a new level of relationship. Because once you are committed to somebody, you are no longer on a platonic level anymore. She knew that commitment gives you access. She knew that commitment gave her access to the God of Naomi. And she has heard stories about the God of Israel. And she knew that Naomi is serving that God. And that's why she's saying that, I know that there's a power in commitment. And for me to access that power that belongs to the God of Israel, let me connect with this particular woman. That's why she did it. Number three, Ruth made a commitment to remain with Naomi because she understood the value of commitment. Your people shall be my people. Ruth was a Moabite. And if you read the story of the Moabite, they have no access to the Almighty God. Go back in their history. They are related back on the way to Lot. So you find out that she knew the reputation of the God of Israel. She understood the power of the God of Israel. She understood the value of having a relationship and having a commitment to the God of Israel. And she knows that God of Israel never departs from the people that are committed to him. That's why she made that commitment to her. Because it was an indirect access to the Almighty God. Number four, Ruth made a commitment to Naomi because Ruth understands that with commitment, there is a turnaround blessing that is attached to it. When you are committed to an individual, I can bet you those people that you are committed to, they will do everything possible to make sure that you get what you want out of life. So Boaz, the Bible makes us to understand if we go to Ruth chapter 4, in verse number 13, so Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. And when he went in unto her, the Lord gave her conception and she bore a son. And the name of that son was Perez, which is the grandfather of David. So you find that there is a blessing attached to commitment and this woman knew it. Ruth understood that commitment to the God of Israel through Naomi will result in a blessing. She understood that commitment will open the door for her supernatural change of story. And that's why she did it. But most importantly, Ruth made that commitment because, because she knew the nature of the God of Israel. She knew the character of the God of Israel. She knew the power of the God of Israel. And when you are associated with somebody who is powerful, you know that person is a faithful person. When you're associated with that person, you know the blessings that come from it. That's why she did it. She had information about the God of Israel and she was looking for every opportunity to be connected with it. She knew the nature and the character of God and she understood that anyone associated with the God of Israel can never be disappointed. That as long as you remain faithful to him, he will remain faithful to you. 
that commitment to God of Israel through Naomi was her only way to a change of story. That's why she did it. And that's why she stayed with Naomi. That's why she stayed committed. My brothers and sisters, there are some people that God puts into your life that opens door for you. There are some people that God puts into your life. You see that, that because of the grace of God upon the life of that individual, unusual blessings begin to come your way. Unusual access begin to become your portion because of that individual. If you do not recognize that particular person as the source through which God is ministering to you, you may not be able to treat that person very well. So please, let's understand that. Ruth understood that her access to God was through Naomi and that's why she stayed committed. And the question is, what is this thing that we're talking about? We've been talking about commitment, commitment, commitment. What is this thing that is called commitment? Commitment is an agreement or a pledge to do something. A commitment is an agreement or a pledge to do something. It is an obligation that you impose upon yourself to perform a particular task or to do something. To commit is to pledge yourself to a certain purpose or a certain conduct. You say, I will not do this. I will not say this. You are making a commitment. You are making a pledge to a particular purpose or a particular conduct. Commitment is practicing what you say you believe. When you say, I believe in God, that means you are practicing what you say you believe. That's what commitment is all about. It's a daily practice of what you say you believe. In other words, commitment is a persistence with purpose. You are pursuing a particular line of action and you are doing it persistently. You are repeating it persistently. So when you talk about commitment, you are talking about somebody who has made an agreement, who has made a pledge to do something and is doing it consistently. In other words, commitment is something that it shows that you are not only convinced, but you are actually engaged in what you say you are doing. And the question is, what is it about this commitment that gives it power to be able to change the life of an individual? What is this thing about commitment? Why is commitment so powerful in the life of a believer that is able to change your story? Just look at the relationship between two people. If there's an element of commitment in there, it changes the dynamics of that relationship. What is it about commitment that changes, that makes it so powerful that is able to change your story? The first reason is because commitment is powerful because it reveals your level of love to the person that you're committed to. Because when you are committed to somebody, your love for that person is revealed by your level of commitment. And we know that all things work together for those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. When you are committed to God, things begin to work out. That's why commitment is powerful. Because you cannot be committed to God and God will ignore you. It's never possible. You don't do it to people, God cannot do it to you. Number two, why is commitment powerful? Commitment is powerful because it shows your trust in that person. Because when you trust somebody, or when you trust the process, you are committed to making sure that that process works. The Bible says, blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree that is planted by the waters, that spread out her roots by the river, and shall not see when heat cometh. But that her leaves shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought. Neither shall cease from yielding fruits. Jeremiah 17. So it tells you, number one, Commitment is powerful because it shows love. Commitment is powerful because it shows your trust. Commitment is also powerful because it shows our value. What we consider to be important. You are always committed to the thing that you are considered to be important. That's why nobody reminds anybody in this room it's time to go to work. Nobody. So it shows our value. Commitment is powerful because it shows what you consider to be important. Commitment is also very powerful because it shows what you consider to be a priority. Nobody wakes up on Monday morning and says, I'm going to a club. 
You don't do that. You wake up on Monday morning, you dress up and you go to work. Commitment shows our priorities. And at the same time, most importantly, commitment shows your faith. Because if you believe something, you'll be committed to it. If you don't believe it, you will never be committed to it. The Bible says that, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. In other words, when you commit yourself because you believe God, God will never, ever leave you hanging. Many in our culture, anytime they hear the word commitment, they are afraid to make it. Very much afraid to make commitment. Even in the church, a lot of people are scared. And the reason is that what comes to their mind when they hear the word commitment is that they are going to lose their freedom. Because once I've committed to you, I can't do whatever I like anymore. Many see call to commitment as a call to bondage. They see it as a call to a limited choice. I don't have any more choice anymore. I cannot do whatever I want. I cannot go where I want. I cannot wake up the way I want. So I am not going to be committed. Many see commitment as an imposition of a heavy burden. Because it means that I have to be responsible for something. It means that I have to do something that I don't want to do. They see commitment as an infringement of their right, an infringement, a limitation of their choice, or an imposition of a heaven body. The interesting thing is that very few people see commitment in terms of a promise that I make that I need to keep. We sign up for things and we don't even consider them to be commitment. Five years car notes, 30 years mortgage, lifetime of gym membership, and you are still afraid of commitment. <laughs> interesting stuff but that is the nature of people most people don't see commitment as a pledge that they have to fulfill they don't see it as a way to build relationship they don't see it as a way to access the riches of heaven they don't see it as an opportunity for a change of story and the question is why why does commitment have negative connotation in the heart of so many people even in the church even with people who are working with God why do we shy away from commitment my brothers and sisters, many of us shy away from commitment because commitment is very, very demanding. When you make a pledge that this is what I am going to do, it makes a demand on you. Because if you are a man of integrity or a woman of integrity, you are committed, you are bound by the words that come out of your mouth. That's why a lot of people don't want to do it. Because it makes a demand on you. Number two, commitment can be very painful. Because there are times when you pledge and you say, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And you wake up the next day and the story has changed. And you are still a man of integrity. It means that you have to inconvenience yourself to make sure that you fulfill what you say you are going to do. It's very painful. That's why people don't want to do it. Commitment is very costly. Because it's going to cost you a lot of things. Assuming you made a commitment, you say, I am going to wake up every morning. And I'm going to pray for X number of people. I'm going to pray for the church or pray for the members or pray for the pastor. And then six o'clock comes in the morning. And that thing tells you to hit the snooze button. It's going to cost you sleep. <laughs> it is costly. That's why people don't do it. People don't do it because it is risky. The fact that I fulfill my commitment does not mean that the other person is going to be true to me. The fact that I love you does not mean you're going to love me back. The fact that I give what I give does not mean that the money is going to come. It is risky. And people don't like risky things. They want assurance. But most importantly, most people don't do commitment. They shy away from commitment because it requires sacrifice. It requires sacrifice. You have to give out of pain. Sometimes you have to give out of nothing. Sometimes you have to do things out of your own inconvenience. That's why most people don't want to do it. The Bible said, God is the Lord, that which has showed us light. Bind the sacrifice with cord, even the horns 
of the altar. In other words, put it there, tie it there, so that you don't have the opportunity to pull it back. And that is why if I want to commit myself, I make a pronouncement. I tell people we are going to do X, Y, and Z. The reason is that so that I don't go back on my word. I want you to understand that for commitment to be effective, for commitment to be effective, two things have to be present. Number one, there has to be an element of faith when you are committing to something. You have to believe. Until you believe, you cannot commit. Commitment requires your faith for you to work. Number two, commitment also requires action. So your faith and your action must work together to prove that you are committed. How do you demonstrate that you love God? By the things that you do. How do I demonstrate that I have faith? By the actions that I take. But Ruth demonstrated her love to Naomi by the things that she did for Naomi. By the commitment that she made to her. So commitment not only requires an element of faith, it requires an element of action. But I want you to know that the commitment that you make to God, the commitment that you make to your friends, the one that you make to your family, the one that you make in your normal days of life, will always going to be challenged. Every commitment that you make is always going to be challenged. And the challenge that you are going to find, the very first challenge that your commitment is going to have, is the challenge of uncounted costs. And what does that mean? Sometimes you make a pronouncement, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. You have not really thought about that thing. You don't know all the hidden costs that is involved. You don't know what is going to be required. You just say, I'm going to do it. And then you get home, and you sit down, and you begin to look, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. Ah, I need this, I need this, and this. Oh my God. Now you are stuck in the middle. Do I renege on my word? Do I pull back my word? Or do I continue to commit myself? So your commitment, either to God or to man, is going to be challenged by the uncounted cause. That's what Jesus was saying in Luke chapter 9, reading from verse number 28. Jesus said unto him, foxes have holes. When he was inviting people to follow him, he said, foxes have holes. Birds of the airs have next. But the son of man has no place to lay his head. In other words, if you want to follow me, don't look for a mansion. Don't look for a cozy bed. There is no warm blankets. We don't have those kind of things. If you are comfortable sleeping on the field, then you are welcome to follow me. Count the cost. But a lot of people make commitment without actually counting the cost. And that is the first challenge that your commitment is going to face. Your second challenge that the commitment is going to face is the challenge of unburied pasts. Challenge of unburied pasts. There are some things that are in our lives that will not allow us to travel as fast as we want to travel. There are some things in our lives that will not allow us to do the things that we want to do. There are some things, one, it is exposed, becomes a problem. The Bible tells us Jesus Christ invited this man. He said, follow me. Luke chapter 9, 59. And he said unto another, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. In other words, I have unfinished business in my life. And until you settle certain things, following God is going to be very difficult. Working for God is going to be very difficult. Commitment to God will be very difficult. As long as you have all those other things that are pulling you in different directions. Until you settle some of those things, until you settle the issue of lust, settle the issue of greed, settle the issue of pride, settle the issue of unforgiveness, those things will keep pulling you as you are trying to move forward with God. He said, but suffer me first to bury my father. And Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury their dead. But go thou and preach the kingdom of God. In other words, take care of things that are holding you back. One of the biggest challenges that people have in committing themselves to God is because of a lot of things that are in their past that they have not resolved. And then finally, one of the biggest challenges is the unbroken ties. 
the unbroken ties. Look at verse 61 and 62 of Luke chapter 9. He said, another said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee. But let me first go and bid farewell, which are at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, no man having laid his pants on the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom. You cannot be fully committed to the almighty God and still be committed to the dancing hall. And still be committed to all the other things that are distracting your attention. You have to make up your mind. Am I working with him or am I working with somebody else? It doesn't mean you don't have a relationship. It just means that any relationship that will take precedence over your work with God becomes a distraction. It's an unbroken tie that needs to be dealt with. And that is why commitments are very, very challenging. These are the things that challenge commitment. The uncounted cost, the unburied past, and the unbroken ties. But the Bible tells us in the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 37, it says, In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him. Who loved us. In other words, you'll find out that the uncounted cost is not going to be enough to hold you back from making a commitment to the Lord. The unburied past will not be strong enough to be able to hold you back from making a commitment to the Lord. The unbroken ties will not be strong enough to be able to hold you back. All these things, in all these things, with all those challenges, he said, we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. The reality is that commitment that will produce the supernatural turnaround in our lives we will face challenges. The question is, when that challenge comes, how are you going to deal with it? When they challenge your commitment, when there is something that is telling you, withdraw your love for God, withdraw your service for the Lord, withdraw your love for your family, withdraw your love for the things of God. When those challenges come, how are you going to deal with it? How are you going to sustain your promise to the Almighty God that you are going to walk with Him? How are you going to sustain your promise to the Almighty God that will cause your life to turn around? How are you going to sustain that promise? My brothers and sisters, you sustain that promise through your daily choices. The decisions that you make, the choices that you make every day. I tell people you don't succeed by accident and you don't fail also by accident. You sustain your commitment to the Almighty God through your daily choices. You make up your mind to make to commit yourself to the Almighty God, to make choices that will help your commitment. Number two, you sustain your commitment to the Almighty God through daily determination. You make up your mind and say, today, if today is the only day that I have, I am going to make sure I do what? I do the things that I promised to do for the Almighty God. Number three, you sustain your commitment to the Almighty God through daily discipline. You are only assured of one day. That's why you live one day at a time. You renew your commitment to the Almighty God one day at a time. Daily discipline. That's how you maintain your commitment to the Almighty God. Number four, you maintain your commitment to the Almighty God through what I call daily defiance. What does that mean? Daily defiance means that you silence the voices that tell you it is not possible for you to walk with God. You silence the voices that say you are wasting your time. You are listening to these people. You are spending too much time in church. You are praying. The people who are praying, they have not seen the result. All those voices that want to silence the voice of God, that want to crowd out the voice of God, you begin to tell that particular voice to keep quiet. You are daily in defiance. You remind yourself why you made the commitment in the first place. You sustain your commitment to the Almighty God, number one, through the choices you make every day, through the determination you make every day, through the discipline that you subject yourself to every day, through the defiance that you give yourself every day, and finally through the dedication. Every day you go to the Almighty God and say, Lord, I dedicate myself unto you. I present myself unto you again. Lord, help me. 
The Bible says, by the arm of the flesh shall no man prevail. You get to realize that you are weak in your own power and you are trusting in the power of the Almighty God. You rededicate yourself every day and say, Lord, help me. It is when you do that that the Lord God Almighty will begin to turn this around. The question is, what are the kind of commitments that can turn your life around? What are the kind of commitments that can give you the supernatural breakthrough that you are looking for? What kind of commitment do we as an individual, as a family or as a church need to make to be able to see God act on our behalf? Number one, there has to be a commitment to yourself. A commitment to yourself that you are going to live for God. That others may do whatever they want to do, I am not going to do it. Others may travel the way they want to travel, I am not going to travel. Others may decide to blaspheme the name of the Almighty God, I will not do so. That's what Bible tells in the book of Joshua chapter 24. In verse number 15, Joshua was speaking to the assembly of Israel. He said, as for me and my house, you guys might decide not to serve God, but I will serve the Lord. It's a commitment that I've made to myself. If you want to see God walk on your behalf, if you want to see and experience a supernatural turnaround, you have to make a commitment to yourself. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.